Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey everybody, this is Richard Deitch and welcome to the Sports Media Podcast. My producer is Patrick Antonetti. Uh, do we call this an emergency podcast, Patrick Antonetti? Well, it's sort of a semi-emergency podcast because I can't really justify the NFL television schedule release as a quote-unquote emergency. But we are going to turn this one around very, very quickly and uh, absolutely pleased to be joined by Sports Media Watch founder and editor John Lewis. Uh, kind enough to uh, jump on on a moment's notice. Uh, John, welcome to the Sports Media Podcast. Before we start, please uh, please promote your own podcast, which is uh, part of this space. Yes, uh, the Sports Media Watch Podcast. I do it every week with Drew Lerner, and it's uh, Wednesdays. You can catch it uh, most of the time. Uh, it'll be out Wednesday mornings, sometimes maybe overnight, sometimes mid-morning. But every week we talk about all the issues in sports TV, primarily, though, TV ratings. All right. And again, for those who don't know, Sports Media Watch, that website is just it, invaluable. It's probably not even a fair word to to, to call it. It's um, It's one of the Bibles of the sports television media landscape and i cannot uh, recommend it enough and uh cannot appreciate john's uh work for many decades in chronicling this stuff all right john let's uh let's get into it nfl schedule release the geniuses at the nfl have actually created an event over a pdf file god bless them uh very very impressive um, every year when I talk to the network executives, they'll always say they love their schedule. I'm sure you've seen all the press releases like I do. Uh, what were your first and opening impressions when you saw the national games? Well, we'll get to the ESPN aspect later, but you know, them getting a Super Bowl rematch. I mean, that's a pretty big game for them to get, uh, you know, the last Super Bowl rematch in the regular season, Patriots Falcons was a Sunday night football game. 
The one the year before that, which was Broncos Panthers, was the kickoff game. So that is usually a big game, an NBC game. Uh, if you go back a few years before that, they had the Broncos Seahawks rematch was the 4:25 p.m. national window. Uh, so for ESPN and ABC to get this, it's kind of a culmination of all the efforts that Jimmy Pitaro made to smooth things over with the NFL because there's simply no way that ESPN would have gotten this kind of matchup a few years ago. Yeah, so we'll we'll, we'll do it. We'll do it. Um... We'll, we'll do it network by network. We can start with ESPN since you just brought them up. So they open with the Bills at the Jets. To me, that's a phenomenal opening game. Aaron Rodgers' debut with the Jets. It's a home debut. You have the Bills, which are one of the signature AFC teams in terms of interest and, and star power. Uh, so they have a great, great start. I don't think they um, could have gotten a better start. They have their doubleheader uh, in weeks two and three. Um so, you know, if you like Cleveland at Pittsburgh, if you like Philadelphia at Tampa Bay, those are the ABC games. Uh, Raiders Cincinnati is one of the ESPN games. Um, and then go down their uh, roster. They have Dallas. Cowboys are always the most important team for viewership for any of these networks in week six. They have another Cowboys game at the end of the year. Lions at Cowboys. That, if the Lions turn out to be good, um, could be an absolute mega game. And then, like you said, John, and this was the one that stood out to me, Week 11, Eagles at Chiefs, Super Bowl rematch. I am with you. There is no chance in the world. ESPN gets that under John Skipper and the frayed relationship that ESPN had with the NFL. Jimmy, You can almost argue Jimmy Pitar's main charge coming in and taking that job was to basically rehab the, um, the relationship uh, that the company had with the NFL. He's done that. Um, you know, I don't have all the schedules in front of me, but basically like on face, this feels like ESPN's best schedule. Maybe it is just because they have, um, the most inventory, but you know, you look at the schedule week one is a banger as an opener. And then again, week 11, they, they have arguably one of the best games, if not the best game of the season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, the reality of the matter is ESPN schedule a few years ago was awful that's the reason it's so kind of shocking to see how good it is now if you go back to 17 it was almost as if the nfl was sabotaging its own product with the schedule that espn had at that time uh obviously the abc games you know have certainly helped uh and uh, this is the strongest schedule they've had since you know al michaels john madden and uh you know the 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 original monday night football run all those years ago i, I don't think there's any question about that all right, let's um, let's head to NBC. Um, and again, one you know, this is what I sort of focus on for the athletic, at least in the lead of my column. I'm very interested in like the first couple weeks because I think viewership momentum is important. I think the NFL has made a very, very clear decision that it they want to front load their first couple of weeks to get some good viewership going. I know people hate this word, but like narratives mean a lot to that league, and they don't want the narrative like. Our games are down three percent, two percent, five percent to start the year. They want they want that narrative to be our games are up seven percent from twenty twenty two or whatever. So, Cowboys at Giants, which is always uh, John like always feels like a starter for uh, Sunday Night Football. Again, yeah. that's a fantastic viewership um, uh, game to me, or at least potential viewership game to me. And again, like Sunday Night Football, like I, I just I expect always a grade A kind of schedule. And, like, everything I saw there, like, sort of fulfilled that. Week 14, Eagles at Cowboys. That, to me, has massive potential. Week 9, uh, Bills at Bengals. So you finally get that game um, 
you know, the the game that we did not see because of the the horrible on scene stuff with Demar Hamlin on Monday Night Football. So again, like I think the thing with NBC, I just look at it like that feels just like a Sunday Night Football schedule to me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a customary strong schedule. Of course, the big thing that jumps out is week 16 with the exclusive Peacock game that's part of the deal. It's very interesting because, you know, ESPN Plus has an exclusive game every year, but it's the 9.30 a.m. London game. I mean, that's not a great, you know, uh, a, a great time slot. The Peacock game is the primetime game on a Saturday night. Uh, and uh, NBC will actually have a Saturday afternoon game leading into that. So that's going to be interesting. Um, that kind of jumps out to me. Uh, obviously, anytime Christmas and New Year's fall on a Monday, it means Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve are on a Sunday. I'm a bit surprised they decided to go with a Sunday night game on New Year's Eve because they've tried to avoid that. If you remember at 17, they didn't do one. Uh, and then the only other time Sunday Night Football was on New Year's Eve was, if you remember, Favre crying on in the sideline interview, Bears-Packers. Everybody thought it was his final game because he was emotional and they were playing all Lang Syne in the background and everything. But, um, you know, so that th that's probably going to be a pretty low rated uh, edition in week 17. But as you say, uh, a lot of great games on here. Bills, Bengals definitely jumps out. Uh, and uh, it's just a typical strong schedule with maybe one slight exception, maybe not an exception, but just more like I'm surprised they went with this Lions on opening night. The Lions could be good, but, you know, it's one of those matchups that doesn't necessarily jump out as the most attractive for the kickoff game just because Detroit hasn't been to the playoffs in a few years. So uh, that was a little bit of a, a of a gutsy move, if you want to call it that. But uh, other than that, pretty much uh, what you would expect. I mean, just strong all the way down. Mahomes versus Rodgers in week four, Cowboys, Niners in week five, Giants, Bills. I mean, it's just hit after hit. Yeah. Uh, and I, I appreciate you mentioning that Peacock game because... Uh, um, Bills at um, Chargers on that Saturday in December. And if you're not in one of those cities and you don't have Peacock, you're not going to be able to watch that game. And uh, I would expect some serious social media um, yeah. angst on that. But that's, you know, that is that is part of the new contract. And and that is a new wrinkle. Um, Amazon Prime on Thursday. I think if you are them, you want to... Um, start off with a decent game. I mean, I think that's really, really important for Amazon Prime. They're only in their second year. There's still an awareness factor here. I talked to them yesterday. Marie Donahue was very happy about Vikings at Eagles. Um, and I can understand that. I think that's a legit happiness. The Eagles are a very, very good television team. Um, you know, Super Bowl uh, finalist. Um, Vikings have some, at least some nothing else. They got uh, arguably the best wide receiver. In football, and then what they were really happy about is, and again, we'll see how competitive the games are. But if you look at where they're going, and they travel with their um, pregame and postgame show, you know they're at Niners, at Green Bay, at Kansas City, at New Orleans, at Buffalo, at Pittsburgh, at Chicago. They're going to a lot of these iconic places with a lot of great atmosphere, and if nothing else, the imagery should be good. But again, I, I, not not to sort of repeat myself, John, but I feel like. Amazon kind of got the schedule I expected, and I don't think it's a bad Thursday night football schedule. I mean, it you know it is what it is. It's always going to be behind Fox, CBS, ESPN, and NBC. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the reality of the matter is, I mean, it's Amazon, you know, it's not the same kind of platform. And even though they did well in the ratings compared to expectations, it's still way below what you would expect for, you know, the other packages. Uh, Oh, well, I should obviously specify not among the younger demographics. Among the younger demographics, it did quite well, which is one of the reasons why this deal is so valuable. But, uh, you know, they've got uh, they've got some interesting matchups, as you said, great locations. Uh, Two Jets games could be uh, a positive as well, finishing off the season with the Jets. Uh, You know, so they've got uh, some good stuff. I feel like maybe their Cowboys game could have been a little bit stronger on paper. I mean, the Seahawks aren't a bad team at all, but that kind of seems like, uh, you know, if it was on a Sunday, it might not even be the 425 game necessarily right so um you know but again it's it's thursday night football it's amazon prime it's not supposed to be the blue chip schedule yep all well said on all let tend dental make your dream smile a reality we offer a variety of top rated treatments including invisalign aligners and for a limited time tend is offering 750 dollars off orthodontic treatments Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Um, all right, let's turn to um, CBS and Fox. And, you know, in talking to Mike Mulvihill at Fox uh, this week, you know, they're— uh, they knew they were going to be in a good place because ultimately they were going to have the most Cowboys games, even with the um, the ability for um, you know CBS and Fox now to get games that they traditionally would not get when they were really really tied to the NFC and the AFC. Um, I look at the Fox schedule uh, in particular, John, and it's really really loaded late in the year. They have Dallas at Buffalo on December. 17th which is a potential monster um they have uh i believe they have on november 5th is uh dallas at the eagles again another you know viewership monster that could hit 30 million you go to cbs they essentially their last game uh in 2023 is Bengals at chiefs you know again an afc championship type of game they have on December 10th, Bengals at, I'm sorry, Bills at Chiefs. Um, if anything, when looking at CBS and Fox in terms of the back end of the doubleheader, and both of us know the 425 p.m. ET window is the most important window in television, um, you know, like the first week is not, you know, like over the top hot with uh, um, Packers at Bears and Eagles at Patriots, although that Patriot game, I think, is a Tom Brady celebration. But, you know, as the season rolls on, man, that it is what it is. Those games in the back end of that doubleheader, most of them, honestly, are potential monsters. How did you see it? Well, I mean, I think you make an interesting point about week one because, uh, uh, you know, obviously the NFL is going to do what it wants, but I don't think Fox and CBS want to be going up against each other in week one, right? With the competing doubleheaders. So it's interesting. You don't really have the major, major games in that window, even though the NFL usually likes to front load uh, for week one. It's kind of a little bit middling. I wonder if that's because CBS and Fox figure let's not waste our biggest games against each other. Yeah. Plus, uh, plus yeah. if you're the NFL, obviously you're going to load up NBC, right. And, and ESPN on that first week. So I think that's where you're getting your sizzle. Yeah. 
Yeah, but uh, as you said, as usual, the 425 p.m. window has so many great games in it. And, uh, you know, I, I do wonder about the New Year's Eve, right? Uh, I mentioned it before, the NFL. This is actually only the third time since all these deals began in 06 that New Year's Eve falls on a Sunday. We know how that affects the ratings for college football. Granted, it's a, it's still a Sunday. But, uh, you know, Bengals Chiefs in that window might not be as strong as 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 it ordinarily would be because, even even on an NFL Sunday, people are going to go out on New Year's Eve. Well, so yeah, things. I'm glad you brought that up. So here's my just one caveat. I know you know this for sure. That's where weather can play a factor. If the weather's beautiful in the U.S., I, I tend to agree with you. But if December 31st turns out to be like half the country is under a snow blizzard or something like that, well, then I think the viewership will be crazy for that game. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, that's always you know one of those uh, uh, wild cards is the weather this time of year or that time of year. Uh, of course, if you're in the Midwest uh, in May, you might as well be that time of year anyway. But um, you know, the reality of the matter is that 4:25 p.m. window uh, is always going to be you know aces. You and the great thing about it is you have. Uh, a, a greater ability to flex in that window as well. So if you've got a couple of games that just don't really fit, you can always move a 1 p.m. game to 425 without it being that big of a deal. So, um, you know, again, great games, great ratings. I'm quite sure you'll be talking about the two highest rated shows in all of TV. The uh, national window on Fox will usually be number one. And then the window on CBS will be number two. Let me ask you about a couple of the sort of the specialty games. Uh, this year uh christmas now the nfl has made its uh planted its flag it um it has decided that the nba will not own that day and quite frankly the the nfl can and will what do you think of the games that they chose for christmas this year well you know i mean anything is better than broncos rams last year right uh look the reality of the matter is raiders chiefs is a great matchup to start just traditionally uh assuming the raiders are not you know horrible uh, I think you should get a pretty good number there. Packers Dolphins did really well in that window last year, actually. So, uh, you know, the, it's got a, a high bar to clear, but it could reach that bar. Giants Eagles, as long as those teams are as good as they were last year, is going to do a great number and, and be up significantly from uh, last year's game. And then Ravens Niners, you know, I mean, there's a lot of potential there. The interesting thing with that is that it's an ABC exclusive. So obviously ESPN has the NBA that day last year year when none of the uh nfl games were on uh espn or abc espn and abc simulcast all five nba christmas day games and even with the nfl competition nba christmas viewership was up so i find it interesting the nfl put the ravens diners on abc exclusively first time that's happened in the entire tv deal that abc gets a solo monday night football game right uh, and that means that the NBA will be on ESPN. Ordinarily, you would have expected if there was only going to be one broadcast of that game that it would have been on ESPN, freeing up ABC to carry the NBA. So it's a small little thing, but the NFL is even kind of elbowing the NBA out of the paint by putting that game on ABC, uh, which again, is not something that's happened in this entire deal. Yeah, uh, I was going to yeah. say, great observation. Um on that uh i want to ask you about the thanksgiving day games again in some ways these are sort of viewership proof like people are home they're gonna watch um the lions always have gotten that spot now if they're good actually i feel like that probably can amp up the rating a little bit they have green bay um it is in you i don't have the entire cowboy schedule in front of me john but like you know the commanders are probably 
as yeah. unappealing a Cowboy opponent yeah. as it gets on the schedule. And then if I'm right, I think it's Niners Seahawks yeah. as well. So again, like there's no doubt that the viewership's going to be good because it's Thanksgiving, but that that slate did not necessarily overwhelm me as a Thanksgiving play. Yeah, no, you're exactly correct. The very interesting thing about all of that is the NFL doesn't really have to put good games on Thanksgiving or opening night, really. Uh, well, maybe lesser opening night, but certainly on Thanksgiving, you can just ride the tradition and the elevated viewership of that day. The commanders are an extremely unappealing team in so many ways, right? And so unless they have a great season out of nowhere, you know, it's probably going to be not the best game on paper. But because it's Thanksgiving, they're probably going to get 40 million viewers in that window anyway, or at least, you know, 35, 36, 37. So what that allows you to do is you take a game that if it was on Sunday at one o'clock, probably would be one of the lesser Cowboys games of the year. And you put it in a window where it's going to get one of the biggest audiences of the season. The interesting thing to me is the Christmas schedule is so much stronger than the Thanksgiving schedule. Now, some might think, well, that's because the NFL is trying to, you know, take over that holiday from the NBA. But I think it's because the NFL is so established on Thanksgiving that it can kind of take that holiday for granted. It doesn't have to give you a great game that day. On Christmas, they're trying to establish something that hasn't really been there before. So they have to go all out in a way that they don't have to on Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's I totally think I think you've you're thinking like an NFL schedule maker. I think you totally nailed that. All right, and then the last one I want to get to on the specialty is Amazon's Black Friday game, yep. which I think they did great. Dolphins at Jets. Um I love the tie-in to New York just because like uh I buy Amazon on this in terms of like, you know, commerce and shopping and you know, you're talking about the, the, the wealthiest city in the country in New York City. Um, that's, I mean, I, I have to presume that the Jets and Dolphins will be good at least by week 12. I don't think they're going to flop. So I think in that sense, I think Amazon got a great matchup. We obviously have nothing to compare it to. There's no afternoon Friday apples to apples comparison on the day after Thanksgiving. But I don't know. You could have, There's an argument to be made that maybe that was their best game that Amazon got outside of their opener. Yeah, no, it's a great game for them. Uh, I mean, assuming that both teams are good and healthy, that's another aspect, obviously, with the NFL. Uh, they should get, uh, well, I mean, it's hard to tell what kind of number they're going to get. I mean, they'll probably have the highest rated and most watched game of the day. And Black Friday is not a great day of college football ratings, right? A lot of people in college football are upset that the NFL is intruding on Black Friday. But, you know, if you look at the Black Friday viewership for college football games, it's always so much higher the following day when you have Ohio State, Michigan and all the big rivalries. So it's not like college football is being really put out, but certainly the NFL will be the highest rated uh, game of the day, uh, you would think. Uh, and, uh, you know, the three o'clock start time is certainly interesting. I, I, I know why that's happening, uh, in terms of the NFL can't schedule night games on, on Fridays legally, but I think it's actually just a really good time slot as well for a day like that, uh, day after Thanksgiving, you, everybody's off, you know, well, not everybody, obviously, but most people are off and, uh, it's just an opportunity to kind of sit back, relax and watch a game in a time slot. You wouldn't normally get to see one. So I think it'll work out pretty well. Uh, for for Amazon, you know, I can't um, to ask you like if you think the schedule, you know, means increases or decreases is really impossible because so much it's going to be based on things, variables that we don't know. You know, which teams are good, which teams aren't. Um, you know, weather, a million different um, things. That said, let me ask you sort of holistically or writ large, how much room, in your opinion, is there still for the NFL to go up in viewership versus just sort of like 
where they are right now as a baseline? Well, I mean, as long as Nielsen keeps finding additional viewers for the couch cushions, <laughs> right? I mean, that's right. There's always potential to go up. I, I don't think the numbers that we see reported for any sporting event yet are fully captured. All of the you, you agree with me? They're, they've been historically under undersold for a long time. Yes, for a very long time, and and we're seeing obviously in the out of home era how much better everything's doing, and uh, you know maybe viewership isn't actually growing. Because obviously, if you go back a few years and you had out of home, who knows what the numbers would have been. But uh, certainly, as like I said, as Nielsen keeps changing its methodology, I think viewership will only go up and up and up. So uh, this year, you know, who knows? I mean, it's always tough to tell. And it, all, for all the discussion about politics in regard to the NFL's ratings, it's so much dependent on whether the games are good, whether the glamour teams are good, whether people are healthy. If you go back to that 2017 year when everyone you know, was making a big deal out of the ratings being down, if I remember correctly, the Cowboys didn't make the playoffs, the Packers didn't make the playoffs. I mean, you had some of the glamour teams in the league that had a bad year. If that happens this year, you know, I mean, the ratings could easily go down. Uh, certainly, if you, have, if you don't have Tom Brady anymore, that's not a small deal, right? When Peyton Manning retired, that was also something that affected the 2017 ratings. That was the first year after Peyton's retirement. Uh, Brady made the Buccaneers a marquee team. Well, now you don't have the Buccaneers. You really don't have the Patriots who don't have the same interest level since Brady retired. So you do lose one of those glamour teams. Uh, I, I think anytime you're kind of, you know, forecast from months ahead of the start of the season, it's just impossible to know. Uh, but, uh, you know, I would say based on the last couple of years, I'd probably lean toward it being another uh, good year for the NFL. But uh, a lot, a lot to come between now and then. You know, the one I mean, I wonder if you agree with me on this, you know, the one place where I think the discussion between politics and the NFL will reemerge is 2024 September October November because you know we're going to be that's when we're going to be in the middle of a insane frenzy uh right before the presidential election but I think 2023 I think we're still too far away where like I don't see cable news siphoning any NFL viewership or stuff like that but 2024 it could I mean you know John that one thing we did we have seen historically, right, like um, in some of those years, at least, you know, in October or something like that, you could see, you know, if there's a presidential debate or something like that, whatever, you know, cable news siphoning a little bit off the NFL. Well, you know, don't be shocked if cable news, you know, starts to decline a bit. I mean, certainly you have the situation at Fox where Fox has taken a big hit in its viewership. I mean, I expect them to recover by by certainly by next year, but you just never know. CNN has taken an enormous hit. MSNBC, you know, probably is the most stable of all of them. And it's not like their viewership has ever been that good. So, I mean, I am, you know, I mean, certainly if you're in the sports industry, you're hopeful that cable news will not be what it was, you know, certainly in 2020, but even in 2016. And I think there's a possibility that that uh, you won't see the kind of numbers, even if it's another heated election. I mean, you got to remember, cable news is dealing with the same exact issues that everybody else in TV is, right? Yep, People are cord cutting. TV. Yep, exactly. 
This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Last one for me. It, you know, every year there's usually a team that everybody expects to do well that fades and it really, really hurts the schedule. Uh, the Broncos were probably, you know, if not the biggest one, a big one last year in that they were they had so many national games, primetime games, and they just tanked. Conversely, there's also usually a team, though, that sort of emerges and really becomes like a great team unexpectedly. And you um, and very much people, you know, they become in some ways at least a little bit of a national team. So forgetting about the team that um, drops, is there is there a team on, uh, in the NFL that you think like has some potential to be uh, maybe an unexpected national draw? I know the hot team to talk about is the Lions. Um, I don't know if that would be your answer, but any any team you see that, you know, we're talking like week 12 or 13, like, man, I got to I got to watch this team play in this window. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I, I would say the Lions, just because the NFL has kind of made that obvious that they think the Lions could make that jump, putting them on opening night. Um, you know, I mean, who knows? I mean, the reality of the matter is if the Browns are good, it's not like the NFL is going to be happy about that because of the Watson situation, right? Uh, they do have that week 17 game to finish out. Um, let me see. It's Thursday night football, right? Yeah, J- Jets, at, Jets at Cleveland on Amazon. So there's a little bit of hope or at least a little bit of expectation that the the Browns could be relevant by that point. But again, they're not going to be a, a team that, you know, is attractive. Certainly the Lions, you know, again, the Lions, they open the season and they close out the Monday yeah, night. No, football. I think that's the answer to me. I think yeah. that's the probably the religion answer. You're right, though. I mean, I'm fa- I mean, both of us are sort of sports viewership nerds. I'm really fascinated by that Lions-Chiefs opener because I don't think it's going to pop as maybe as much as the NFL thinks, but I'd love to be wrong. Well, I think it, it gives me, uh, it reminds me of the Falcons Eagles opener in 18. And that one did so poorly. Everyone thought it was a continuation of the previous year's slump. And then the ratings were actually really good after that. But, you know, uh, it reminds me of that. It's just not, you know, even the NFL needs to grab you right from the start because it's hard to kind of ease your way back into you know, a, a season, you want to really get something big and attention grabbing at the beginning. I think the Lions, certainly a lot of people are very high on them after the way they finished a little bit like the bubble Phoenix Suns, right? Who had that eight, no run in the bubble and you knew they were going to be good, but until they get to that point, you know, I, I would kind of lean against opening the season with them. Maybe closing the season with them on MNF uh, is uh, smarter than opening the season with them. And I think the- some of it, you know, I mean, some of it is the league, the league markets the entire sport through quarterbacks, as they should. Yeah. And while Jared Goff's, like, statistically had a phenomenal year last year, he's just not, yeah. you know what I mean? This is not Mahomes or Rodgers or Brady. It's just not, it's a hard marketing sell, at least at this point, until he wins some playoff games. Um, and I think if I'm thinking about it, that's probably why I just have a little hesitation as to that thing popping viewership-wise. By the way, th- this is not an indictment of the Lions. The Lions could be awesome. This is a viewership right. uh, conversation. So, But we'll see. You know what? And I know you know this, John. Lions go out and roll Kansas City. You, you yep. start thinking very differently about the Lions like from week one. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, there's certainly a lot of potential to create kind of that following that carries through the season with a big win. Of course, you know, you could also be what uh, the Bills beating the Patriots with Lawyer Malloy. What was that? 38 nothing? Didn't amount to right. much. Yeah. Oh, God. I would love to see the Bills win the Super Bowl. It would just be so nice for that city. All right, John, is there anything else you would like to add before, uh, before we leave this emergency podcast? Um, no, not really. I mean, obviously, the NFL, as usual, comes out in the middle of May, becomes a big story in the middle of everybody else's playoffs, because that's what the NFL can do. Uh, but, um, you know, uh, it'll be interesting to see what the most watched game of the year is uh, in this season. I'm looking maybe maybe Bill's Chiefs, December 10, at 425 p.m. window. Maybe that'll be maybe, maybe that'll be the one. But well, actually, yeah, like uh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta digress. The most watched Sunday game, because obviously the ones on Thanksgiving will be the most watched of the year. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say, if the Jets are good, watch out for some of those later games of the year with the Jets uh, uh, on Fox in the 4:25 window. They could pop. We'll see that. Um, all right. Listen again. As I said, John Lewis's work is invaluable. Check out his website, Sports Media Watch. He mentioned the podcast that he's doing every week that comes out. Subscribe to that. Um, you can follow him at Sports Media Watch on Twitter. And again, if you're into viewership at all for all sports, it's a, uh, a must follow and read. John, listen, very good of you to come on on a, a moment's note. It's, uh, I really appreciate it. And uh, thanks so much today for joining me on the Sports Media Podcast. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me. All right, back in the studio. My thanks to John Lewis for coming on for our uh, emergency podcast. I did want to do uh, something quick uh, on the schedule release because it's obviously a massive important story in my world uh last couple podcasts peter king uh we did a whole thing on the nfl this week uh obviously iconic football writer hopefully you'll enjoy that had a round table with uh some regulars chad finn of the boston globe austin carr from sports business journal on a number of things including uh, nba stuff daniel jeremiah was on this podcast day dana o'neill and tim layden talking about how to cover the kentucky derby um and again head to the archives there uh there should be stuff over the last couple weeks slash months that you'll appreciate, whether it's uh, Holly Rowe, Joe Davis, Kevin Harlan, um, you know, Taylor Twelman, the, the list goes on. Uh, thanks, as always, to Patrick Antonetti for uh, his hard work and for uh, being available um, at a moment's notice. Thanks to everybody at Canes 13 and Odyssey for their support. And thank you for listening. We'll see you soon on the Sports Media Podcast.